When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. Will you shut up, man? Hello and welcome to the Betches Up Podcast. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And the Betches Up Podcast is your daily rundown of all the craziest shit going on in the news, brought to you by your three funniest friends. Which is us! Yay! Yay! That's not that wasn't as loud a scream as we normally get from you, Mike. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> are you are you losing your enthusiasm already? No, I'm just kind of tired. I was traveling a lot yesterday and it really took it out of me, but I will come through and just say, Yeah! Yes. <laughs> Speaking of how 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 was our holidays? Welcome back. One out of ten. Let's rank our our Christmas one out of ten. Elise, we'll start with you. Um I actually had a really nice Christmas. I, uh, me and Danny and our cat went up to a little cabin and we stayed there. I feel like it was the best, uh, best possible version of the holidays based off what was available to us. It was real cozy. The cat traveled pretty well, but then yesterday when we got or two days ago when we got back she did um she vomited and then she tried to escape so oh, I think no. she, and she doesn't usually she's not a big escape cat so she only ever does that when she's mad at us to be like i could be doing this all the time and yeah. you, you're, you're like your, would cat be horrible. Seems, your cat has dog energy yeah she's it usually seems. very chill but i don't I I think that we uh, we the whole time we were on the trip we were like oh my god she's doing amazing we could travel her all the time she's so good at this and then we got home and she was like actually I'm gonna vomit not shit for three days and try to get out of the house so <laughs> but you think you think she's mad because she came back or she's mad that she was traveling I don't think she likes the shakeup like mm-hmm. she I think when we got there and she settled in she was like. You know what? This is fine. I live here now. That's fine. But for us to bring her back again, I think she was like, "What the fuck was that?" That mm. sounds rational to me. That would be my yeah. reaction for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, did you have a nice a nice holiday? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I try, you know, I traveled home and I I hadn't gone home in a in like a year and a half. You know, so I got to see my parents and it was just really nice. And then um, my mom gave me all these pictures of me when I was a kid. And, and um, yeah, my parents, <laughs> my parents got divorced. 
when I was 21. Oh, um, ouch. Yeah, but they're like now we're cool. I hang yeah. out with them. They hang out. It's just like so much better. But some of the pictures, and she's like, I don't know, look through those pictures. And some of the pictures were from their vow renewals, their 25th anniversary vow renewals. And oh, I'm no. like, <laughs> like, well, y'all don't want this shit. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and my mom's like, yeah, I want those pictures. I spent so much on that stupid ass wedding. <laughs> so I'm just happy to, you know, and it was nice to be outside and i did you know i rented a convertible oh nice um, yeah so i i really leaned in i'm really just trying to be the cool aunt totally That's yeah I, and i feel like i'm there you know i gave yeah my niece some earrings from the brooklyn museum that are like little cameras and i had a convertible Aww. and yeah like uh you that know. sounds like the like like a dream yeah cool aunt energy that, that's what yeah. i'm trying to do how yeah, were your holidays amanda I also uh, took a took a small road trip with my pet, and it was great. It was fine. It was chill. He also yeah. was furious to come home and wrecked his back again, but uh, we'll work it out. <laughs> you have a dog. <laughs> I have a dachshund, uh, and he's just got a lot of health problems. Oh, no, <laughs> and he has a bad back. Yes, right. yes, he has uh, some <laughs> congenital disorders. We got him. Yeah, this is why when you want a dog. If you can, you rescue a mutt with a ton of genetic diversity, and then you don't have these problems. We did rescue our dog, but it's because he's such a mess. But he's much better today. I know mm. our listeners get very concerned about Morty's back. It's an ongoing thing. He's four years old. It's time. Yeah. Oh, wow. And if anyone who's listening is concerned, Biz did shit today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Biz did his business. Her business. Biz did her business. One time I was on a date with this guy, and he was cutting steak at a diner, and he threw his back out cutting steak. No. <laughs> okay. Well, his oh, back no. was hanging on by a thread anyway. Yeah. Then, if that <laughs> threw his back out, dog. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, so today we're gonna forego another conversation about Republicans and stimulus. They don't deserve it, and instead, we're going to discuss the second most pressing issue of the week, which is Hilaria Baldwin's cultural heritage. <laughs> Now, before we go into this, I do want to give a very quick update on stimulus because I know our listeners, we said we would. People are very curious. People are budgeting according to what they think is going to happen. Mm. Um, the most recent that we know is that the House has passed $2,000 checks. The Senate votes today. Bernie Sanders is chaining himself to $2,000 checks mm -hmm. <laughs> with regard to the defense veto. So it's it's going to be an eventful day, and we'll have some more answers tomorrow that you can uh, keep up with on on Instagram. Tomorrow we will be fi finishing up our Q&A episode. So this is our last live episode of 2020. Ah, that's crazy. I, I said this in the newsletter, but, um, you know, hell hath no fury like an old guy from Brooklyn who's chasing a check. I, yeah. I, well, totally. I'm, I do feel good that Bernie's like, <laughs> I'm going to burn this fucking place to the ground for $2,000. I... I'm glad he's putting his energy towards that. Totally. I mean, if Trump gets to cash small checks, from mm -hmm. small business vendors, then I think Bernie can handcuff himself to $2,000. Yeah. And also, this is the kind of stuff we were talking about last week and, and a few weeks ago. This is the kind of stuff that Dems should be doing. We yeah, need to exactly. be doing more of this, like, antics and, and hijinks and all this stuff and really showing. And I love it. Like, they're going to really put Republicans in a tough place. And, like, I heard that, I heard that the strategy is, like, if they don't sign it, like, uh, Purdue and Loeffler aren't going to be able to campaign in Georgia. They're going to be stuck yeah. 
Um, uh, which is great. I'm like, I know. Yes, more, I love more, that. More. I love that Bernie Sanders is doing this. So it's just, it's great. It's the, it's this exactly is- what we said. It's the moves we've been waiting for. Those tricky moves to, yes, it's a great symbolic thing for people watching. But then the other effect, as you said, is that they're stuck here and the polls are super tight. Turnout among Democrats in Georgia is amazing right now. This is. I mean, this is why we have Bernie. Like, this is why we have a mean old socialist in the Senate who's <laughs> going to do this shit. And, you know, it's been – the primary season was crazy. There are a lot of opinion, mm-hmm. opinions about him, but this is his purpose. Yeah. to do I was, this. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I'm not convinced that it, he could do stuff like this if he was president. I mean, I no, guess. He, I don't know. Like – I'm like, Trump did everything he did wanted, so who knows? But I don't know if he could do, like, these... I don't know how radical legislation would be if he was Mm -hmm. president. Yeah, I'm just trying to... Right, right, yeah. It's a a move and it's a bit that you can't really play if you're, like, a president trying to compromise during an emergency. And just, I feel like we should say, just for people who are listening, because we, like, dove right into it, is basically what Bernie's doing is he's saying he's not... He's going to do some kind of Senate trick Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is available to him Mm -hmm. where um, Trump vetoed the defense spending bill. The Senate now needs to override that veto, but Bernie's going to stand in the way of that unless they vote on $2,000 checks, which Mitch was going to try to not vote on the $2,000 checks, which forces Purdue and Leffler to vote on the $2,000 checks. It's really a beautiful strategy and, and, and great job, Bernie. Great job, Bernie. Is there any chance that Leffler and Purdue, that Republicans just rally around them in a way that they don't have to vote no? Or is that so naive because they're just like down to vote no because they don't give a fuck and that's what Republicans want? I'm curious because 34 Republicans voted yes in the House. Right. Or to- so right now, $600 checks are passed. So it's not about we're not getting any stimulus. Let's clarify right. that. It's that we're getting, it, it's the, the debate is 2000. And I saw that 34 Republican senator mm-hmm. or um, Congress people g- uh, voted yes. So I'm cu- curious if, if Loeffler, because what I heard is that if all set, if all Democrats vote yes and three Republicans vote yes, then it passes. So yeah. I'm wondering if, to not mess up their races if they would vote yes. Um, but, I, you know, yeah. it's like, but it puts them in such a hard position. There are actually Senate Republicans who do genuinely want $2,000 checks. So I think they are in a very hard spot because yes. I think there are probably more than four Republicans who would politically benefit from voting yes on this and who probably like, I guess they're deficit hawks, but I mean, it's literally one of the worst things that's ever happened to this country. So I see no reason not to use the credit card. (laughs) Just let it go. Yeah. It's like having an emergency credit card with a balance of billions on it, trillions and not a balance, a a credit line and being in the, like one of the biggest emergencies of your life and not using it, being stranded somewhere and being like, I don't need to order an Uber. It's going to be expensive. I'll just wait here in the cold until I die. No, I'll stick to debit. I'm just using <laughs> debit. debit. I have nothing on debit. I have nothing on debit and people are dying. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's the takeaway. I do love that we were like, we're not going to talk about this. And then we're like, oh, but also we're talking <laughs> well, we about it. We got to talk about it. We got to <laughs> talk about it. <laughs>
We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We'll get into Hilaria, and I'm glad I wanted to talk to you guys about this um, because I think you both have relationships to immigrant heritage that you've negotiated <laughs> throughout your life in ways that are differ from the way Hilaria Baldwin has. Um, well, I, he dumped me, so I no longer have a relationship to him. Oh, sorry. You're talking about my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you're listening, take yes. me back. Okay. <laughs> so which one? You, who knows? Which one? If you paid any attention to the news over the long holiday weekend, you might have seen a slow drip of strange Hilaria Baldwin stories that eventually culminated in the revelation that Alex Wifey might not inhabit the Spanish persona she has claimed for many years. This all started when Amy Schumer jokingly posted a picture of Hilaria, who famously has many babies, but maintains a very slim physique. That's like her thing. She has a ton of, she loves having babies. They love having their big family. She looks like she's had like negative babies. <laughs> this, so this prompted conversations about body shaming and whether it was appropriate to poke fun at Hilaria's appearance. Hilaria reacted pretty negatively towards this. But she later cleared the air to say she loves jokes and thought Schumer's post was really funny, even though she didn't really get it. She said people explained it to her and then she thought it was funny. But the most notable part of the video was what was missing from it, which was Baldwin's signature lilting Spanish accent. Baldwin has previously claimed that she moved to the United States when she was 19 years old and knew nothing about America, knew nothing about pop culture. So I guess she didn't know who Alec Baldwin was. 
Unfortunately for Hilaria, this whole situation escalated quite quickly. A Twitter sleuth quickly followed by investigated Instagram reporters. I think most people probably came across this from Tracy Egan Morrissey's Instagram stories where she will do deep dives into a lot of people. And these exposed that in reality, I'm, I'm saying exposed, but all this information was actually out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, some people someone already just put knew it. it together. Yeah, but this seemed to be the occasion to, to blast it all out. So in reality, Hillary Hayward Thomas was born in Massachusetts. <laughs> And English is her native language. She, her mother is not Spanish. She, she goes back and forth between claiming her mom and her dad are Spanish. Neither. They're both white. Uh, one is a doctor and one is a lawyer. They both have deep American roots. Um, yet in many videos over the years, Baldwin is heard using a strong Spanish accent and struggles to find English words for common kitchen items. Let's mm-hmm. listen to an example. We have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes. We have... Um how do you say anything? Cucumber. Cucumbers. We have um, red pepper. We have, of course. Interesting. <laughs> so, for me, the cucumber clip, because there are many funny, hilarious clips going around, but the cucumber clip is the most damning to me because. She's come out with like all these different explanations since then. She's like, no, I was always traveling between the US and Spain, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know the word for cucumber. You know it. <laughs> Millie, do you ever, Millie, when you go back and forth between languages, do you ever forget, like, lose the word for something? Is that a fair, um, like, when you heard this, were you like, that would never happen? Or did you think, oh, I can see that happening? I, so, first of all, the word in Spanish is pepino. So I feel <laughs> like, um, I feel like people would just say the word in Spanish, like, oh, this is Pepino. Oh, yeah. How do you say this in English? You yeah. know, um, it's more common when it's like a phrase or like there's some things that don't translate exactly. Like something that I say um, is sacar lo pie. And it, it's like a saying where it's like the closest thing is like when you stop fucking with someone, when you stop mm-hmm. hanging out with them, when you stop. But the But the actual saying is like, um, you take their feet out of, like, you stop supporting them, oh. or take the feet off of the chair or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are things, like, sayings and phrases are very common of, like, I don't know how you would communicate this, like, idea in English, but actual words, I feel like people would just say it in their native language and then somebody would be like, oh, cucumber, not like, ooh, what is the... Because then yeah. it shows, oh, like, you don't know... Say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like not... well, you know the word. Uh, I think it's also too of like immigrants and and this is like recontextualizing and this is something too of like people think that immigrants or people speak multiple languages are dumb or they because like the not knowing the word for cucumber it's like you do know you would know the word for cucumber in a different language and like there are people who don't speak english well but they're very very um fluent and eloquent in their home language so uh by her being like oh what is this thing it's like Oh, so you just don't know the word for cucumber at all in any language? Like that's <laughs> right. insulting. Yeah. You've never you've never encountered this. I mean, honestly, that's actually an interesting take, Millie, that we haven't looked at. Is that maybe she didn't know what this thing was at all. <laughs> and she She's like, this pickle. She had never seen this vegetable. <laughs> Unlike Donald Trump, who loves cucumbers. Yeah. Oh God. I don't think he's ever eaten. I feel like her next defense is going to be like, well, in Spanish, 
technically it has a name, but it's kind of like, it's complicated. There's, we don't have a word for cucumber. Yeah, but that means I, cucumber. What I, I agree with what Millie was saying 100%, which is like, if you're – if your background is what she's now saying, which is like that she traveled between the U.S. and Spain a lot, which honestly, fine. That's a, that seems true. Mm-hmm. To like whatever, like you would know the word for cucumber. You might not know how a colloquial Spanish phrase that you've learned over there, speaking fluent Spanish and stuff, translates exactly, or how like a niche thing that maybe mm-hmm. they have in Spain translates exactly. Mm-hmm. But cucumber. Like it's you like day did one. middle school. Yeah. You did middle school in the United States. You know the word cucumber. That's yeah. We learn it's not an advanced word. Exactly. It's like you learn it on a note card when you're in pre-K. Like yeah, you knows what a cucumber is. And I think too, it's like um, I mean, I was I was really thinking about this because you know I took Japanese in college and I've been to Japan a few times and I've worked in different Japanese companies and I think That's this awesome. is a funny. Um, a funny, I mean, I don't, there are some words that, and like some phrases that I think about only in Japanese, you know, like your brain, that's the way languages work and stuff when you think another language, but there, there's something funny about, this is another like layer, there, there are multiple layers to this, but another layer that I was thinking about is like how non-black people will hang, like live in a black area, quote unquote, and then they'll pick up colloquialisms or speak in Ebonics or say the N word and use that as a defense of like, but they're not like, ooh, so I mean, I guess yeah. some people, but very rarely you hear the defense of like, oh, well, my, you know, my grandfather's actually black, so I can say like this. <laughs> a lot, for a lot of these people, it's enough to be like, I grew up in the hood, so I can say, I can speak in Ebonics or like, this is my thing. So I feel like she didn't even have to, I mean, do I think that's okay or that gives people a pass for the N-word or whatever? But I do think that there are some people who, if you grew up in the South, you have a draw, you know, a Southern draw, or if you grew up in different places. But I feel like um, she could have easily said, I spent a lot of time in Spain and I have an accent or something like that or whatever. But that's not, it's not about the talking or whatever. Because even in Miami, um, how people say things like the way that pe- people say throw a picture, which is yeah. like, you know, the English version of what it means in Spanish was like, take a, you know, instead of take mm-hmm. a picture, throw a picture, throw me a picture because that's how you say it in, directly translated in English. So I'm sure like, but it's not, the thing is, it's not about like how she speaks or whatever. Exactly. It's about this identity and her being like getting credit for being other or something, which I think is whack. Right. There are other celebrities that we sort of gently poke fun at for uh, for picking up accents when they spend a lot of time in other places like like Madonna. And, you know, there are clips of Meghan Markle picking it up. But it's like I watch it. I watch a season of Skins and I'm like, I literally. Yeah, that's fine. That's not the accent part, but it's all it's all of the other stuff. I didn't want to. I'm sure our listeners have read about it. But like we said, there are many facts that she could have corrected that go beyond the accent. So it's not just the accent. Let's mm-hmm. let's dive into how she has addressed the controversy. She first addressed it in two lengthy IGTV videos on Sunday. She did clear up a few. <laughs> I know. What Longer is than a minute long, yeah. Yes. Oh, this God. is a very serious political podcast where we break down like the IGTV podcast or videos. Of, of Alec Baldwin's wife. <laughs> he, made, he made a lengthy IGTV video too, which we will get to. I know. Oh my God. But I will also say this woman's lying. She never seen Beetlejuice. Alec Baldwin looks fine as hell in Beetlejuice. And he has a nice little booty. 
That's yes. the other thing I was going to say is it's crazy to me. First of all, she acts like Spain is a Latin American country, which like mm-hmm. was first of all in Latin America, you've seen fucking Beetlejuice. Number yes, one, number, <laughs> number two, mm-hmm. Spain is a European country. Like no, yeah, they exactly. know who American celebrities are. Mm-hmm. They have 30 rock there. Like it's, like, they definitely it's have 30 not... rock there. <laughs> well, that's why it was strange that, so she cleared up a few important points. She, she seemed to think that the big issue people had was about where she was born. So she harped on the fact that she, she was born in Boston and she basically, she basically claimed that she had never um, misled the public and that, uh, she had. She mostly used the videos as an opportunity to shame other people for asking questions about her background, for questioning it, and she vaguely accused journalists of taking her past comments out of context. But the thing is, like, this information and these lies are in her agency biographies that she could have easily had corrected mm. at any point to say that she was not born in Spain and she did not actually spend most of her childhood there. Uh, another strange part of it was that she she was kept saying yeah i'm i'm just a white girl and it, it which seemed came off strange to me because i don't know if everybody in do people in spain identify as non white mm. um so yeah. my question's after this is like related to that point why is this more than a fake accent on a spectrum of rachel dolezal on one end mm-hmm. to lying about your natural hair color on the other mm-hmm. where does this fall it's pretty close to Rachel Dolezal or um or Jessica Krug, aka Rican Dolezal. They called her Rican Dolezal. Zilla called her that. But to me, I feel like first of all, um, it's so it's so complicated. Like the race and ethnicity conversation is something yeah. that in Latin America, in America, in Latin America, we have not. Like there are people who we just got to understanding Afro-Latinos and like as one, me and Elise talk about this all the time because there's a debate literally every other day on Twitter about if there can be black Latinos or whatever. And like, yes, there can. And like, you know, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, and we have one here with us yes, today. Do. <laughs> His name is Jorge. What if they said <laughs> No, listen, depending on the what do you audition. What's going to happen? You're just going to vanish <laughs> if they say like no, can't happen. Well, they're just like so it's it's so funny that everyone has come together to decide that someone is not Latino. Um, <laughs> but they can't come together and decide who is Latino. That was just my nuanced Afro-Latinx take on that. But yeah, I just feel like first of all, um I love, uh, there's a lot of really popular Spanish novelas on Netflix that I've been trying to get Elite to, uh, Elise to watch. I know, I know. And my favorite is Elite, and um, it's like about, you know, Gossip Girl meets Riverdale, like Spanish mm. high school. And they talk a lot about um, Islamophobia in Spain. Like, they have their own race issues in yes. Spain. Um, and they don't, they definitely don't see themselves as Latin American and even white people. It's so funny because there are people who, I mean, and I was talking, you know, talking to some of my friends who are white and rich in Latin America, in Colombia in Peru and Venezuela. And then they're like white and rich. And then they come here and they're Latinx. Right. And they get all these Latinx parts and they're like, and they're like, Oh yeah, the Latinx experience. But 
race in America is like, like these racial categories are, are, you know, are supposed to be like kind of an indicator of class too, of like a white Latino from Venezuela, you know, technically it, you know, could be considered Latino, right? But if somebody's putting that in the census, they're thinking of a, you know, a different kind of, you know, so it's, Exactly. I mean, I I think about this stuff all the time, and I think that's what has, like, gripped Latinos, like, about this, is just, like, it plays to so many identity conversations that we're always having all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. in this community, and it's very funny, like, it's kind of like only in America is pretending to be Spanish from Spain taking on a marginalized identity, but because... Literally in America, if you speak Spanish, people are like, where did Amazing. you come from? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. I, that, that, I think you just hit on what makes me angry about it. Is that yeah. part of it? It's, like, I mean, it's just strange because it's like Spain is a European country. It's literally like like people there are white. Like it's not it's, – it's not um, this – diversity push that she seemed to be like trying to infuse in her life with it it's very and it's just strange to me and it kind of it shows me that like she fundamentally doesn't even understand what spain (laughs) what spain is yeah where her vacation home is like i'm white because my cuban ancestors are from spain like (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it's very so it's it, she almost, confused. Yeah. She she almost confused. exposes that she was trying to cause confusion about her racial identity by saying, I am white. I am. Sorry. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, you by being Spanish, she would have been white. So it's like, did she just reveal that she was trying to inhabit a marginalized identity in some way? Or did she, I can't decide if it was that or she just wanted to be more interesting. I know. I can't decide either because there's also very extreme like white girl on study abroad energy to yes. all of this. And I think yes. that there's also part of <laughs> she like, it's like she wants a croissant and she. Exactly. I do think that some of it, it honestly feels a little bit like Elizabeth Warren being like, I'm Cherokee. Like it's no, like. No, don't do that. Well, it's also, <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, back, but, but it, it, it feels very like, I want to tell a fun story about my background. So I'm going to lean into this like thing that I have going on and then taking it way too far for way too long and like really infusing it into your identity in a way that like didn't work out and was naive to try to do at the beginning. That is what I feel the connection is. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. But I will say, speaking of when you said study abroad, I was just like, how fucking into I can imagine all of her friends how fucking intolerable was Hilaria at ordering at a tapas restaurant like she must have been pronouncing no. correcting everybody on the menu pronunciation oh you mean torta the interesting thing is that brian said i think he said this while we were recording yesterday said that so brian's partner antonio is spanish he actually is from i mean we think antonio we we don't know i want to see can we do brotherism for white people that's what we need to do that's what listen we need to appropriate 
white culture in that we're going to start asking people of color need to start asking people for their birth certificates <laughs> and fucking proof of citizenship yeah. of, uh, of all these things because I don't believe shit now. Even our names apparently, but Brian said that she did speak very good Spanish, Spanish, which is like, okay. cool, good for her. You can correct people on your menus. But like when you are a person, I when I was younger, I have nothing interesting about me. I've had periods in my life where I really grasped onto my Jewishness in a weird way that in retrospect, I know was just because I didn't feel interesting enough. And like, I think that's an instinct that a lot of people can understand, but it's never occurred to most of us to like take it that far. And just reading about, I am, I was also, I'm also a white girl who was born in Boston to parents in like the professional class. And it's just like, I can't believe that wasn't enough privilege for her that she had to like, that wasn't like, I've never, I don't know. I'm looking at from that point of view. It's like, if you have had it as easy as me, how dare you? How dare you? Well, I'm just like moved somewhere where you're exotic. You exactly go to Ghana, bitch. You will be, uh, the sh- you know, or anywhere, honestly, outside of fucking New York. It's like all these things of like, um now it's cool or suddenly as like we're having these conversations about diversity and stuff and i've seen this with my peers and stuff of like people who were embarrassed to be different now embracing it and stuff but then i guess the flip side is people who were always lauded and like oh yeah this is a standard of beauty this body type this hair this race like this is what you have to aspire to now that people are embracing this other and being different I feel like those people feel like they have to perform, uh, you know, and the blueprint was so. Rachel Dollars up. Yeah. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. 
Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. So let's talk about Mr. Alec Baldwin. So he had, he also posted an IGTV of his own, of course, where he stares into the camera as he whispers angrily for eight minutes about how we need to consider the source. So he tried to make a distinction between issues that are worth discussing and stories that are obviously bad, like Pizzagate and Jeffrey Epstein, apparently trying to suggest that this is a conspiracy to take down uh, Hilaria Baldwin, which is, those are strange examples because while Pizzagate was not real, Jeffrey Epstein was real. So yeah. I don't know what he meant by that. <laughs> oh, maybe he meant like the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself thing. Maybe. I guess so. Right. That, Yeah. Oh, but also, isn't Alec Baldwin in the Epstein in Epstein's like black book too? I would not be surprised at all. That tracks. That I tracks. think because I think part of the video is he was like he only he had I, he I I remember him being like he had my dummy phone number, the phone number you give people who you don't want to call you. So that's why. <laughs> He had my number. He had my okay. fake it's number. Like, okay, Alec, pick one thing to debunk per IG yeah, video. Yeah, exactly. Do a different video about why you're in <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's phone book. We're still right. trying to get why your wife is trying to make cheese and um and <laughs> eggs and potato like frittata things happen. And you're talking about Jeffrey Epstein, stay on script, please. Stay on script. <laughs> and to be clear, he also blamed the tabloids. And as we already said, uh, Hilaria never corrected this. And none of this controversy actually came from tabloid sources. This started because she got mad about Amy Schumer posting on Instagram. And then somebody who had seen all this information decided now is the time to put it out there and collect it. And it got picked up by a lot of people. Uh, Hilaria has spent years confirming this information. She had every opportunity to deny it. So the question is, did Alec know? (laughs) Mm. Somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter say, like, I bet you Alec was turned on by this crazy shit his wife was doing. And yeah. Yeah, I could also see Alec Baldwin not actually knowing very much about his wife. Or not caring. <laughs> like, right. like, I could see him, like, not really having asked her too many questions. Mm. <laughs> I can see him seeing everything that's gone down and just being like, I don't, okay, I don't see what the big deal What's is. What's the big yeah. deal? Yeah. I also, that's also true, is I... Given the sheer breadth of wild shit Alec Baldwin has done, it's like <laughs> this it does not probably register on his crazy meter at all. He's like, yeah, so she was pretending to be Spanish for many years. Okay. Yeah, especially because right. like his age rate, like that like boomer age, they don't nuanced they don't conversations of race aren't really their expertise. They're still like, <laughs> I don't know why they have to say defund. The right. police, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're still on that. So you know I'm gonna bring up defund the police on every, every single one. We got it. <laughs> Those are, <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, I also also too, I do get vibes from Alec. I you know, this just reminds me of like the kind of guys who will talk at you for 20 minutes and you don't say anything, or you just like, oh yeah, sure. Um and they're like, oh, it's so nice talking to you. Or like, we have great conversation. Like, I'm sure like he doesn't really, he hasn't even been. He's probably never <laughs> asked her one question about herself. And that's why he doesn't know. He probably never was like, tell me again about your 
childhood relationship to Spain? Never. He never Absolutely. asked that. Every time she tells him when she moved here, it's the first time he's hearing about it. So he doesn't, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, you moved here when you were 19. Interesting. Oh, okay, you've lived in Spain your whole life. Interesting. Like, he doesn't, right. he doesn't fucking know. The only thing he got was like, oh, when you were 19, I was 43. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but as Millie said, and I do think it's important to note, he's really hot in Beetlejuice. Super hot. No, super hot. And I thought it was another Baldwin because, like, let me tell you, and those booty, that booty was sitting right in those khakis. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When he's only, when, isn't there a part where he's, like, only his butt or his head is off? (laughs) Some shit like that. You see him running. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Alec Baldwin's hot in Beetlejuice, and that's all I have to say about it. Alec Baldwin's hot in Beetlejuice, and another thing, another Millie agenda I'm pushing is Beetlejuice is a Valentine's Day movie. My mom went into labor with my little sister while we were watching Beetlejuice as God, a family. There's so much Beetlejuice like <laughs> nostalgia and meaning here. I mean, that's the thing. It would be kind of romantic, like you said, if Hilaria had seen Beetlejuice as a young girl in Spain <laughs> mm-hmm. and was like, and was like, that guy's hot as shit. Mm-hmm. I must marry him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and, and then, then she moved did. her. That'd be cute. But no, she's like, I didn't, I never saw it. <laughs> they had Liar. Beetlejuice Liar. in Spain. My last question is if you guys think any unfair criticism have emerged from this controversy. Whenever there's a big controversy, I always find little dribblings that come out of it that seem a little troubling, that seem like they went are just un- unnecessary or unkind um, digs. And it depends how serious the offense is, how angry I get about it. But did you see anything coming out of this that you just saw like, this is not, no, this misses it? Um, I feel like... I do have a level of understanding for, like, I do think that she probably grew up between the U.S. and Spain. Yeah. And my personal feeling about this is that it's, like, a study abroad girl gone amok <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I shy away from comparing her to, like, a full Dolezal or whatever because I do think – there's more gray area here than that. And I don't think that what she's done is like (laughs) evil. I just think it's funny. And if you pretend to be from Spain and you go on TV and you pretend you don't know the word for cucumber and all this stuff, what's going to happen is people are going to find out and they're going to make fun of you. And And she made a lot of money off of this claim. She got magazine covers. Like every time she had a baby, she was on the front of a Spanish magazine. Yeah, so she has so many babies. That's very true. That's so one critique I didn't like is that people just started like making rude comments about how many babies she had, and I was like, "That's not." Oh, that nice. She's allowed to have, have a lot, lot of babies, babies and if be I skinny. Really if rich, I would have wants. a bunch of babies too. You know, she's not raising them. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> to be fair, well, no, I'm not going to even go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me keep that joke to myself. Um, in the drafts, keep it in the drafts. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like she's just the joke of the day or you know like there's like a week that everyone jokes about it and it can feel overwhelming to celebrities or especially like somebody who's not used to a magnifying glass on them. Um but I feel like it'll blow over. She's going to be fine. This, yeah, she's going to be fine and like everyone who even gets seriously canceled doesn't really get canceled like the, you know, Louis C.K. still tours. Aziz Ansari has a Netflix special. Like, 
there are no consequences. You know, the only consequences is people saying stuff online and that's it. So like that's exactly. what's happening to her. And I feel like, oh yeah. Can people take things far? Of course. Um, people shouldn't be talking about people's kids, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, She'll be but fine. like log off and don't read it. And like, right. Whatever. Well, that's the thing. She said she was going to take a break from Instagram and return to Instagram three hours later. <laughs> well, well, who true. among us has not? Yeah, that's the most not? humanizing detail of the entire <laughs> thing. Honestly, honestly, yeah. Like, I take yeah. a break every day. Um, <sighs> well, that's our show today. I'm so glad you guys are here. <laughs> that was so fun. Uh, thank you for listening. Also, uh, don't forget to follow Sammy's new show, Morning Announcements. And thank you for listening this year. Yeah. Sean and I were just looking up some numbers, and this podcast had 3.3 million downloads in 2020. That's insane. Yeah. It's huge. Um, we went daily, and it really worked out. And we're so glad you guys came along with us this election year. I think a lot about how the pandemic we wouldn't have gotten as amazing guests without it because we were able to Zoom with them. So <laughs> uh, that helped us out. So it's been a really hard year for the set, but we've been able to rise to the occasion pretty much entirely thanks to our listeners. So thank you. And we're so thank excited for next year. Thank we you. were saying in, um, in yesterday's episode that since every day is in such a 911, we can actually have fun, longer conversations about bigger issues mm-hmm. instead of just talking about Republicans and stimulus and Trump tweeting. I look I forward to that in 2021 when things have settled down and Biden's president and there's sunshine and rainbows. And we defund and we, the police. And yep. we defund the police. Yeah, I know. I'm not People saying we say that. it's going to be our year, but it's going to be a year. A year. It's going to be a better year, hopefully. I feel like then we can really go into, you know, my second date with Martin Shkreli. <laughs> Stay tuned, 2021. <laughs> uh, until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betch Sub Podcast. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. The best is yet to come. Oh my God. <laughs> the Betch's Sub Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to Sup at Betches.com. Betches.